Director and youngest daughter to Ruth and Ken. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, and I am the middle daughter, middle child to oh, Mark to Mark and Karen. There we go. Thank you for joining us on Just Between Us, a podcast about brutal honesty, female friendship, and completely unsolicited advice. Everyone's top three things. Boom. You know what? Give it a few more seconds. Let us savor it. The music? Yeah, the music. I fucking love this music. Oh, it's great. Thank you to Brendan Burns for making it. Brendan and Brandon is like one of my greatest fears. Yeah, there's a lot of Brendans and Brandons. But we have a Brendan, right? Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> I get real messed up because because Brendan Yuri. Uh-huh. And then Brandon Flowers from The Killers. Oh, see, I don't really care about him. Oh, but they're sort of similar vibe no one is a similar vibe to, to brendan yuri i agree he's a right. god among men that's true yeah we recently went to see panic at the disco and For, i would say life-changing experience despite oh, it being our second time yeah we've seen him twice and then we saw him in kinky boots yes yeah, so we saw him also on broadway yes uh sitting like third row <laughs> do you think that if this podcast gets so popular we could have him as a guest and should, and should that now be our only goal? Why don't we have him as a guest now? Because he's not going to come on. Are you kidding me? Get a booker. Me? Get a Are booker. Are you kidding me? This guy is a goddamn idol. He's a sex god. Okay. Well, now he probably won't come on. Because <laughs> I've made him feel uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, come on our show so we can sexually harass you. Well, I think that was how a lot of Hollywood used to work. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I actually would like to talk to him. There are some famous people and pe- that I like, but I don't think I would want to have them as guests. No, I don't want to meet any of my idols, to be honest. It's very nerve-wracking. We So we bonded initially, me and Allison. One of our first bonding things was our love of pop punk. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting here going, why do these two girls seem to love uh, bands from high school uh, when they are nearing 30 in their 30s? Uh, shut the fuck up. Uh, those bands are great. <laughs> Yeah, I would be fine with no new music. <laughs> well, like, I want I don't new need... music from those bands. Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. But I don't need any new artists in my life. Oh, I agree. Let's put a moratorium on new artists. <laughs> Just... And the ones we already have yeah, keep making keep music. cranking them out. Yeah, I agree. Well, unless it wasn't super clear what this show is. Oh, yeah. It's a variety show. We are going to answer a listener's question. We're going to dive into some tough topics. We're going to interview the one and only Miles McKenna of Internet Stardom. Internet YouTube uh, gender and sexuality star. Really good stuff. A cutie. Very cute, yeah. But we shouldn't say that about our guests. No, not cute like... Cute, like, oh, what a little cutie, you know? What do you think like is a sweetie. the most explicitly we can describe a guest looks? Handsome. Pretty. Yeah. No, I think it's too far. I think we can only talk about their vibe. Okay. Uh, great, chill, great, chill vibe. Chill vibe. Yeah. Cool vibe. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the inside that counts. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive. You know what? Let's dive right into our first segment. One of my favorites, International Question. Hit it. International question! International question! International question! Nikki! Canada! Hey, a true international! Exactly. 
We take domestic questions, and I will still sing the song, but luckily for us, this was an international one. Okay, so Nikki's question is, quote, My partner and I are in a very happy, healthy, and loving relationship. Thanks for shoving that in my face. I know. Wow, what a brag. Okay. Should I risk losing that to allow us both to pursue our interests in other people, or should I stick with what we have and let my relationship die slowly over time like all good monogamous relationships do? God, I love this question. I love the way what a burn. Oh, I love the way it was phrased. This is did I write this in my twenties? I know. God, it's so funny. This wasn't the whole email, but basically she's asking about exploring polyamory. And oh. if, if that's a good idea or if it's you think it's too risky. Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> uh I I am uh I've gone between being polyamorous and non-monogamous in my life. Um polyamorous is multiple relationships in my mind it's when i've had you know multiple boyfriends or a girlfriend and a boyfriend or multiple girlfriends or whatever and then uh non-monogamy to me is a bit more fluid and and not all non-monogamous people are this way not all poly people are this way but non-monogamy for me now is like one um primary partner and then we can date around so so open open relationship basically is is where i'm more at in terms of what i want i used to date Two people at a time sometimes. Uh, and that was tiring for me. Yeah, exhausting. Pretty exhausting. And also... A lot of scheduling. Scheduling and also like uh, it really came down to like that their enjoyment of each other. And that so rarely was the case where they liked each other. So I'm looking... I'm God, you know, I would love to find two people who both want to date me who like each other. <laughs> if we could just get that going. But um, I go into all of my relationships fully honest about being non-monogamous um so i it is tough to when you're already in a relationship you know start approaching okay should we be open Um, it sounds like they've both they've both talked about it and they both have interest in it and now it's kind of just a decision of if they should actually do it or not i always think uh, you should i think uh, i think it's if it's something that you're doing but again you have to it's like not all fun you have to sit you have to talk about it endlessly you have to draw up i mean i'm not joking like get a google doc draw up rules draw up boundaries here's what would hurt my feelings here's what i would be okay with you doing what did those look like for you it depends on the the partner but like a uh, a guy i was dating we had a, a google doc where we would it was like me saying okay i want before you go on a date i want to know their name and uh and where you're going and then he would i would write that rule and then he would come in and be like uh if uh if you hook up with someone i would prefer there be no penetration and i would be like great and then like i would go in and write a rule or whatever and and the how rules, long was the document it was like one page oh okay thank god <laughs> but like the but like the rules would be i imagine just hundreds, hundreds of, pages. of pages it's the apple terms and conditions <laughs> yeah, all, all you're left able to do is touch pinkies by the end of yeah this. everybody clicks accept but they don't actually read it yeah um but yeah so it was like uh, and those could change. Like you had to sort of like if something would happen and it technically met the boundaries, the other person wasn't in trouble. But if the, if the other person was like, actually, you know what? That wasn't chill for me. Then you can go, oh, OK, well, live and learn and we change it. But it really takes a lot of maturity. It really takes a lot of communication. It's it's paperwork. Like, I'm not kidding. Like people are just like, wow, what a fun time, you know, free for all. Uh, and it's like not in my experience. I mean, it's fun. Definitely. But there is 
it's it is this thing that like really has to be defined, especially if you're going into it already in a relationship, mm-hmm. because it's a big change. Do you think that a way to ease in would just be to bring a third person in and have the first experience together as a couple? Yes. If you so if one of you is bisexual or if both of you are bisexual or, you know, if you're open to to that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's a good idea to um, bring someone else in an even tinier step. And I I don't know that I've ever talked about this. I had a, a relationship where we would watch cam girls together. So that person is – so it's not porn because – I mean it is, but it's like that person is real and interacting with us. It's like a one-on-one viewing or – Yeah, one-on-one. So like you're paying the cam girl to just talk to you. to just talk to us too. Interesting. And then – so that was like, you know, non-monogamy in the sense of like there's a third person there. But there's no risk. Like – Right. Like the person is – once you close the laptop, they're gone. Like Mm -hmm. there's no – feelings there's no like person that is in your house like it was a way to explore being being having another person involved without you know like testing the waters and you get to pay a sex worker which is always good for them so it's like you know helping the economy helping the their personal economy (laughs) which i always support um but what just you, what do you think happens though if, if they this couple tries it and one person finds out they like it and one person finds out they don't? You gotta break up. You gotta break up. Yeah. But sometimes some couples they really they both are like, oh, this actually like is working out for us. Um and it also you can even just like be like, okay, you can make out with people. Mm-hmm. And then you just make out and then but you you have to stick I you have, you have to, to, to stick to it. No. <laughs> You can't make a rule that you're just going to make out and then and then be like, whoops, a fingering happened. Well, right, because like, they're still cheating within non-monogamy. There is, yes. If you break that's the boundary. Yes. Even if you're non-monogamous, if you break a boundary or you lie, that's still cheating. So uh, people, like, I think it's way more nuanced than people realize. Um, and I think there are couples that maybe even have – done the cam girl thing and identify as monogamous Mm because they're like well that wasn't like i think there are so many shades of non-monogamy but people just see it as like we either fuck other people or we don't but like there's so many middle like middle grounds or whatever even couples that like uh, will be like oh we're monogamous oh well like she can make out with girls it's like well then you're not monogamous (laughs) you know what i mean like but people i think there's such a stigma on on polyamory or non-monogamy that like we don't see the nuances of it probably a lot of couples don't tell people oh they for sure don't right so like nikki i think you don't have to fully jump into we're dating or fucking other people i think you can ease and be a little loosey-goosey into it yeah Um, see if it's for you and how and if it changes your relationship dynamic or if it makes you guys stronger yeah for sure i mean you might like And I don't think that it's one or the other of, like, we should just let this die slowly over time. Because it seems like when you phrase it like that, you already know that you see monogamy as a prison. So, and you might not, and and you might even realize that for you yourself, you just want to make out with people. Sometimes, like, I go through phases where I've I've been in relationships where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to fuck other people. But then sometimes, like, I'm with someone and I'm like... I just want to, like, make out and then I want to go home. <laughs> yeah. Like, and there's going to be phases. Yeah. And do you think that it's also possible for, like, 
relationships to open and close and open and close. Yes. I just want it's it's even just the thing of like having the option, right? So like, I don't know, maybe I'll be with someone and I won't want to fuck someone else for like 20 years and then right. you don't and then, feel trapped. Yes, but I know that if something happened, I could talk to them and I could ask, you know, permission or I could you know, tell them, oh, I'm made out with this person and they wouldn't be like, we're done forever. How dare you? You know what I mean? I all I want is at one point for someone to scream, how dare you? At me? <laughs> <laughs> That's when I know I've really made it. <laughs> and then they slap you or no? Oh, yeah. I've never been slapped. I could help you. No, thanks. I'd love to slap you. Honestly, I, think I have when we did that BDSM video for BuzzFeed. Oh, yeah. But that was with a whip. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. International and national questions, welcome. Stick around after the break because we're going to do tough questions with Miles McKenna. And you don't want to miss it. Just between us. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting, Tough Questions. Welcome, Miles McKenna. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I feel like I'm doing an ASMR video. This is like crazy. Oh, Why? Because <laughs> you're talking into a microphone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Do, do you not often? You often talk into <laughs> no, microphones. No, from the internet. So it's like oh, I yeah, do the thing it. where I just talk to a camera, you know, but not like a hello. You know? How yeah. do you how do you pitch yourself? Are you a YouTuber? Yeah, I say uh, I'm like a queer gender anarchist. I'm someone, yeah, who's just like spreading positivity in the LGBTQ plus world mm-hmm. online and also trying to be funny like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, you know, there's the people that are like, I'm not a YouTuber. I'm an actor. I'm a filmmaker. Blah blah blah. Do you like identify with YouTuber as a thing? Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, I think like social media influencer is the proper like term nowadays. <laughs> However, <laughs> I mean, if someone wants to give me coin to act, like, yes, I'll be your actor. Like, right, yeah, don't worry like about you it. In, you know, <laughs> yeah, you go in stuff. I think mm-hmm. it's, you're just like, send me where the money is, and I'll go there. I'm just like me. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, here we smart. are. You know. <laughs> So uh, we kind of wanted to talk to you about, like, how you have used this platform because I think you have used YouTube in a way that is, like, as you said, that spreads positivity. Yeah, spreads positivity and spreads sort of, like, information and, like, kind of, like, talks about your own journey but in a way for people who, like, maybe who haven't, like, met someone personally who's transitioned Mm -hmm. or, like, don't really understand what that process is. You have been, like, so uh, transparent and vulnerable and... What what has that been like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's all been, like, by accident. Like, I started making YouTube videos <laughs> when I was 11, and I'm 23 now. Oh, uh, my but God. Yeah, I, where I, were your parents? I just had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> no, like, over 10 years. Like, I've been making videos, and um, it wasn't until I started, you know, coming out and, like, yeah. dealing with that just in a personal sense, not even, like, I'm going to make a coming out video on YouTube. Uh, and it just didn't go well in my household, as it doesn't for some people. Mm-hmm. And I turned to the internet to just, like, find solace and like looking back it wasn't like I made a video like guys like I need to tell you something like here's who I am I made a video like hey I can't live in my house anymore because my parents suck so (sighs) I'm now living on the couch of these people and I was just like still I was making like funny videos to like keep my spirits up and then also making videos uh, about me and my identity and then it just resonated with a lot of people because a lot of other people's parents sucked did you say in the video I'm getting kicked out for being gay like at that point no I think my first video that I made because I could never make queer content because it was a thing where I came out 
And then my parents were like, no. So then it's kind of that weird stage. You're like, okay, so can I... Can, can I, I talk about this? How, how, how old were like, you? Uh, I was 18. Oh, okay. Uh, so I was like, I, like, but I was like a young 18. Like I was an only child mm-hmm. and, you know, I was really dependent on my family. And then once I came out, it was like, poof, like wow. their response was no. Yeah. It was like <laughs> a solid no. So yeah, I was like, okay. That's so wild. Yeah. So I started making videos. To so many people. For sure. And um, what I is think, your relationship with them like now? So like I haven't like talked to one of my parents in years. Like wow. since I came out as queer, haven't talked to them. So like never got to do like the rest of the coming out um and then my other parent is like really close with makes an effort calls me their son is like down so it like took time like took a lot of time and like took a lot of communication but yeah it wasn't easy and like i had to leave the house because it was just like are they still together yes they are that is got to be very fascinating yeah (laughs) oh my goodness but yeah so i I mean i kind of resonate with a lot of kids because it wasn't i think a lot of queer and trans coming outs are like and it's all good now. And like, you could right. be good too. I was like, uh-huh. no, it sucks. But like, we got to be here together, you know? But I think that yeah. that's almost sometimes a more powerful message where it's like, you can not have like the traditional happy ending and still be happy. Exactly. Because like, sometimes I think some when things are portrayed as like too, um, like fairy yeah, tale. Yeah, like a fairy or tale. Like, or, like, or like, this is a thing that like I went through versus this is a thing I'm going through. Exactly. It's like hard when you're in the thick of it to be like, well, how can I ever get there? There's yeah. so many people that go like, well, you should, you have to come out. And anytime I give advice about that, I'm always like, no, 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 make sure that you are safe. Like mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, you're not like, because I get it, that's, it's important. But also I would be like, you gotta like make sure that you're in a position where that's not gonna be so detrimental to your life or it's not going to be like dangerous a, make, dangerous exactly yeah yeah you got to pick and choose your battles and it's like mm-hmm. even too like when you come out then it's like you have to guard a lot of your magic and who you are because you don't want to change yourself then for someone else's love and affection like you know yeah. in your family because then you it's explicit like I don't like you because you do this I know or because you're like this so a lot of times like kids are starting to change themselves and like okay like I'll, I'll, I'll fit who you want me to be mm-hmm. so I can get your support but do it's just you, not worth it. Do you feel like you took on a lot of like internalized homophobia because of the way you were raised? Um, yeah. I mean, I think we we all do in many different as- aspects of it. But yeah, for sure. And it wasn't until I found like my queer community and queer family that then it's like, oh, it's great being an adult. It's great yeah. growing up. Because then you get to choose who you hang right. out with and what you do. I say that all the time. And it's like, oh, it's not like you're coming out over and over again like you were when you were in high school. It's like, oh, no, I just, I'm, everyone's gay. So it's like, yeah. we're all fine. <laughs> like, That's crazy. So you were making videos at 11. Yeah. Then you, then you talked about this stuff online. And then were people being supportive? Like were fans and like people watching being like, oh, my God. Was it like helpful to have all these outside people sort of watching this happen? Yeah, it was cool. I remember um, I hit 100,000 subscribers in like the thick of like it not being cool in my household. And I remember like no one cared. That like I was like so excited <laughs> I hit 100K. Yeah. And I remember like no one cared. And I was like, these are 100,000 people that like, can I curse on here? Yeah. yeah. That fuck with me. Like they fuck with me. And like people that I live with don't right now. Isn't that weird? But 100,000 people that are strangers like know this about me like that you know but you don't like want to know and they want to know you even more exactly and they're like proud of you and and they're excited like when you hit milestones and stuff like transitioning in the public eye is like did you feel that support like when you first because you you start transitioning a few years after that right yeah yeah i came out uh 2015 and then i started uh socially and publicly transitioning in like 2017 
So did it help that there was already like this community online that was like down for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I through my first like coming out as like non-binary and like doing the things and starting to like try to get on hormones and like do the name change and stuff. I went on my first uh, nationwide tour and it was like so crazy because I was able to meet like so many other versions of myself in a way. Yeah. Like kids who were in the beginning of coming out or kids who like couldn't come out and like it's like, oh, like I've it's just mm-hmm. like crazy like seeing the impact of like a community where it's like, whoa, like I resonate with you. You resonate with you, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and having that support, it was really crazy. And like, without that, I don't think I would have been able to like do as much as I did, like internal work for myself. Of like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm okay. That's amazing. Yeah. That, like, yeah, I'm sure they would love to know that they helped you. Yeah, you know? yeah. Sure. So often we hear like, oh, you guys are helping me so much, but they help us all the time too. Yeah, to feel like, oh, I can talk about this. Like, I should explore this more. I, sh- mm-hmm. I don't need to hide this part of myself from everybody. It's a two way street of like validation, where it's totally. like I'm telling you stuff that I'm doing and you're like whoa I feel that like click like I resonate mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. it's like whoa someone click like they get it yeah it's, it's two-way yeah exactly yeah definitely and it's and I, I think there what there hasn't been a lot of representation or at least you know like in traditional media so someone was like why is everyone on YouTube queer or, or LGBTQ in some way and I'm like well think about it there's no <laughs> there's nowhere else that we can go yeah. and then also you like the first thing you do when you're questioned like I mean, you know, the first thing I did when I was like, oh, maybe I'm bisexual is just like Google bisexual Mm -hmm. and then like see what videos pop up. Yeah. They're not great. You have to be a little more specific. But uh, but it's porn, guys. Uh, I was going to say, well, it could be. Maybe it is great, but maybe not what you're looking for. (laughs) And so like that's the only resource. And I can't imagine. I mean, I think about like what I would have done if if I didn't have the Internet at all, like what I would have done to find community. I guess you move to San Francisco and figure it out. But like. But, like, I, you know, it was all looking at stuff on the internet. And so I feel like these – I meet these kids who are just, like – and I then I feel so old because they're, like, oh, my God, in middle school when I was, like, figuring out if I was bisexual, like, I found your videos. And I'm, like, shh, I'm only 30. Can we stop this? Please. <laughs> well, no, it's crazy because, like, the kids who are, like, young to, like, mid-teens today, their whole culture is being online. But, like, when I was starting YouTube, like, no one I knew in real life was making YouTube videos. What was the difference sort of for you between coming out and and then like coming out as trans? Again, yeah. Yeah, having to like Oh, yeah. I mean, that sucks. So like my first coming out was like not good at all. Like was just not cute. Like my first one, I was looking back on Twitter and I tweeted like, and this was even before I was like trying to be a YouTuber. YouTube is a job. Like I've just been making videos and like Mm -hmm. putting stuff out there of myself. to try. A hobby. Yeah, a hobby. Um, But yeah, no, I tweeted like, don't ever come out. (laughs) It's not worth it. I saw that. You posted that. Yeah. Which is so dark what were the responses when you posted that well it's, it wasn't many because no one was like watching me yeah. you know what I mean so it was only 15 people being like what <laughs> like that's not very like nice and I'm like it was having a hard time uh but I remember after I first came out like I've been questioning my gender shit forever like I was watching like T update videos when I was like 12 years old like mm-hmm. it was always a thing so I remember I came out as queer first because that's something you can test right it's like okay I held a girl's hand and I liked it it's like Got it. I can test that. Right. But like being like, hey, we're going to like change my name and stuff. I can't really test without what it will feel like if doing it'll it feel right to you. Yeah. And like yeah. telling everybody. Um, so I remember one of my first thoughts when it didn't go well was like, well, I can never figure out gender shit because this didn't go well and I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Uh, so, so even yeah. when you came out as queer, you kind of knew that like you yeah. weren't clear with your gender. exactly. Yeah. Either. But it's yeah. like we're going to take steps at a time. Like yeah. I'm going to cut my hair. Sense. I'm going to get a girlfriend yeah. and then we're going to figure this out. Like, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm sure that also, like, you know, not just for other people, but for you as you're exploring it to not just, like, 
dive in right away, but like to make sure it made sense for you. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. publicly, I think it's it's like this weird pressure to be like, if I say anything publicly, I have to be sure. Mm-hmm. Like I can't I can't uh, say it on my channel and then take it back. Right. Yeah. Except for me when I said I wasn't dating for seven months. Yeah, you that did was say that. <laughs> you did make a whole video about not dating for seven months and then fully backtracked on yeah, it. Yeah, of course. But yeah, you know, we got a lot yeah. of views. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> But then, um, yeah, I mean, so even you saying that tweet about, like, looking back at that tweet and say, oh, that said, don't ever come out, it's not worth it. I don't think we see enough, narr- like, I don't think we see enough truthfulness about how hard that stuff is. Like, yeah. we were just talking it's about, so, like. it's so vul- vulnerable, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to be like, things aren't okay, I'm not okay. Like, when things really weren't okay, like, no one knew. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my closest friends. Like, I was sleeping in my car some nights. Like, no one knew. Because yeah. I, I wasn't going to say it. Like, I was so embarrassed. so you weren't putting that stuff online? No, no. Like, there's a lot of videos, like, my early videos, um, where I started getting, like, like recognition on YouTube. It was, like, right after, like, I cut my hair and stuff. I made a few videos that were just in the backseat of my car. Mm-hmm. And, like, never talked about it. I was just like, hey, guys. Like, it's Miles. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, at the time, it was my dead name. And just, like, doing whatever videos. And a lot of comments would be like, why are you in your car? And I just never would explain it. It's like, I couldn't go home that day. <laughs> like, uh, I can't go home. Or, like, yeah. I couldn't talk about this stuff. I couldn't make a Jesus joke here. Like, no, I'm not. No. So, your fa- yeah. Your family. Where is your family? Um, Orange County. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, like so. Yeah. Like that's funny that you brought up the Jesus stuff because you do talk a lot on your <laughs> channel about Jesus and Satan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is you got that a problem? From your background? No, I'm just. But it's just like a funny reoccurring theme. Yeah. Is that like from like a religious background or is that just uh, yeah more funny or less? <laughs> I mean, like, so one of my first my first ever coming out, I was told like. I, like, was asked whatever, and I was, like, I like X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and one of my parents, like, hugged me, right? And they're, like, I'll always love you. And I'm, like, this is amazing. Like, didn't expect that. And as they're holding me in their arms, they go, but you're still going to hell. So I started laughing, right? Because I was, like, <laughs> we can make jokes out of yeah. the game. Like, I was, like, that's funny. Yeah. And then I was told, like, no, like, this is, this is serious. Like, I'm, I'm serious. I and love so, that like, it was so ridiculous you assumed it was a joke. I used to come home to pictures of Jesus being taped on my door. And I'd be, like, what is this? And yeah. And I would be told, I thought you needed him today. But yeah. dead ass, like, so serious. So I would make. And it's been incorporated into your content so a lot. So I make jokes about it because, like, that happens to so many kids. And it's easier mm-hmm. to make a joke about it oh, and laugh totally. about it than be, like, we all believe we're going to burn in hell. Like, you know what I mean? So. Were you religious growing up? Like, more or less. We never really went to church, but it was always, like, I was taught, like, this is a sin. God thinks it's okay. This is what's, like, going on. Um, But we never, I mean, like, for Easter and stuff, sometimes. It wasn't until I came out that all of a sudden, Jesus is a scapegoat. We're really afraid. LGBT is taking away my child. Wow. I'm going to hold on to these ideologies I believed growing up because that's, like, all I have. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times, I mean, people, they react poorly to things, especially in cases of coming out because they are afraid. Or they don't have all the information. So it's not, like— gay is bad it's like all i've known is the gay kids that weren't out in my school the gay kids in the 80s you know like presumably my yeah. parents who mm-hmm. were bullied in school yeah. i don't know any gay people who are successful i want the best for my child yeah they must be in a phase they must be doing this because they don't see it being portrayed in the media as something good right so you think it was coming out of like a protectiveness for you for sure that they didn't want you to have to like struggle with that yeah i mean and also just like years of like homophobia from growing up and like the baby boomer age you know so it's just there's a lot that goes into it I think even as the child we're so quick to be like fuck my mom and dad but it's like there's (laughs) there's so many there's just so much ignorance there's so much empathy that needs to be had and that's Mm -hmm. like the biggest lesson I've learned especially from having a trans experience is seeing both sides of the coin being viewed as both sides of the coin 
and like just yeah having empathy because of it if you could give like your one piece of advice to to kids who are thinking of coming out either you know with their sexuality or as trans what what would that be oh man just one um, you can give up to five. Yeah, give, okay, give as much advice as give you as can, much, Yeah, please. just fill the time. We want this to be a useful show. Yeah. <laughs> um, good luck, kids. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, I guess my advice would be, like, it's so easy to get caught up in the now. It's so easy to be caught up in, like, I'm going to be in this forever. Um, and whether it's, you know, you're having trouble in your home life, which is, like, a really small, like, a really small pocket of people, to your school life, which, again, is really small. It's not, like, your town that you just happen to be born into. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much going on. Like, the the biggest lesson that I, I learned early on was after, like, literally the week after I came out, um, I traveled somewhere. I just happened to have, like, tickets booked to, like, um, like, out of my town. And I went somewhere with, like, a bunch of queer people. Just happened. It just, like, happened to be, like, I was going somewhere. Everyone happened to be queer. And I was, like, whoa. Like, no one here here knows me no one here is like against me mm-hmm. and no one here knows my family or my story or anything and it's like there's so many other people out there there's so much life out there to live like it's not just this like you will be fine no matter what the outcome as long as you know who you are that's the most important thing because mm-hmm. like I don't know when like self-awareness became something to like mock and shun like someone just being like hey I like this type of person or hey I think I like wearing these type of clothes like me perceived in this type of way like why that's a no-no is so <laughs> weird like being self-aware is really good and if you're that like at a young age that's so great and you're gonna learn so many coping skills early on from people being negative towards you you know what I mean mm-hmm. so yeah. pretty good yeah. I thought that was helpful. That's my advice. <laughs> yeah, we just bring other people on who know more than us and yeah. are more helpful than we, we could ever a, be. We a backseat during this part. <laughs> but now I would love to ask you to join us in our next segment, Hypothetical. Whoa. Just get ready for this bullshit. Is this the game that I'm oh, not going to win? Oh, it's yes, a game. It okay. Oh, it's a game. I'm going to give you a series of hypotheticals. You're going to give me your answer, and then I'm going to probably explain why you picked the wrong thing. Okay, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so this, almost this, like real life. Yeah, the stakes are high. Okay, so our first segment within hypotheticals is, would you stay with this cheater? Okay, so here's the scenario, and then you tell me if you would stay with this cheater. Okay. Your significant other confesses to tickling their coworker until they come at least once a week. Allison! But <laughs> swear it's just to help relieve stress and has no romantic implications. Would you stay with this cheater? I would not. Why? Because it's it's weekly. That's not even like a one-time affair. <laughs> that's weekly. You are now a part of this person's like, like, like release. You're part of their like therapy in a sense. Like, no, this is. It you're breaks. not their significant other. I'm not their significant other. No, no. The, your your significant, significant other is the one doing the tickling. Yeah. 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 So he's part of it. No. I think I misunderstood what you were saying. I'm He's not going to be emotionally involved. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be with this person because yeah. it just breaks the contract of the really. I did not sign up for you to be here with this man's tickling. Yeah. Okay, but now that you're not with that person anymore, they can't tickle you anymore, and then you spiral out of control. Wait, because so, it was your release as well. Wait, <laughs> they're a master tickler. Oh my god! So these are the types of twists where you give an answer, and then that's how you're always wrong. Yeah, so once they leave, you know, your stress level's through the roof. And you, and you can't find anyone else no to tickle else you. No one else will tickle you the way they tickled you. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, you're, so you never come again? No, you've never, you, you've never come ever again. I'm really sorry. Wow. I, that was, so wait a minute. Were they doing this at work? To their coworker, yeah. Where do they work? Um, Subway. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
You know what? That checks out. That eat, fresh. Out. That, eat fresh. Right? Eat fresh. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. We will never be sponsored by Subway. <laughs> Great. Let's move on to our next round of Would You Stay With This Cheater? Your significant other is addicted to Ambien and one night wanders into your neighbor's house and has sleep sex with them. Would you stay with this cheater? Okay, hold on. Is the neighbor awake? Yeah. Okay. So then- And also your best friend. Allison. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. And the neighbor and the neighbor does the neighbor know they're on Ambien or thinks- Is the neighbor also on Ambien? The neighbor is not on Ambien. Do they know that you're But they are stoned out of their minds. Fine. Do they think... No, hold on. Do they think that your partner is on Ambien or they think, wow, they just finally came to me? Um, They They just finally came to me. They know that your partner is on Ambien, but halfway through, the person wakes up and gets even more into it. So it starts rapey and then ends not rapey. Yeah. Okay. And they tell you about it immediately? No, no, you you wake up and your partner is missing. And so you go, oh, my God, where's my partner? So, you, you know, go to your best friend so they can help you find them. And then you see it happen. You see them having sex. Yeah. And they're both <laughs> screaming, I love Ambien. <laughs> so um, I would not stay. You wouldn't stay? I wouldn't stay. Okay, but they move right into the neighbor's house. And that's going to be awkward for moving you. Moving right out. <laughs> you can't sell. It's a, it's a, it's it's a, a buyer's market. No, we both, we're both sell. on the lease. They're, they're figuring that out. I'm leaving. Oh, yeah. We're See? both on the lease. Okay, well, your credit Bye. score is in the dumpster. <laughs> well, at least I'm not addicted to Ambien, so there's a happy wow. ending. My credit score is in the dumpster, and I'll never come again. <laughs> what a sad story. Well, that's why you should stay with the cheater. Oh, my God. Yeah, why are you encouraging yeah, why us is the to moral stay? always to stay? Yeah, really, you should think it about it. It's like the biggest twist of all. Okay, this one is actually very important. Okay. Ready. This next one is a game called Are You an Asshole? Okay. Okay. Your coworker is so annoying, you install a lock on your door to keep them out. But then one day they start to choke on a potato chip, and when they knock, you ignore it and they die. But to be fair, you didn't know they were choking on a potato chip at the time. Are you an asshole? No, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. How often I are they knocking absolutely on Absolutely, my... you're an asshole. No, because Why? how often are they knocking on your door all the time? 15 times a day. Right, so they're the boy that cried wolf. Mm hmm. And it's not my responsibility. They shouldn't have knocked so much if they wanted to knock a time when it was important. You know and what I, don't I didn't know mention? You know what I didn't mention? Family business. So you're related to the person. It was your sibling. Miles doesn't know CPR. <laughs> it was your sibling? Yep. Family <laughs> business. So, but you're still not an asshole. I think it's that person's fault. You don't think that you would be racked with guilt? Of course, but it wouldn't I wouldn't it wouldn't be my fault. Is that your opening at the eulogy? I'm not what? an asshole. <laughs> The eulogy starts with, perhaps if they hadn't knocked on my door 15 times a day, then they wouldn't be dead, and that's not my fault. Hashtag, I'm not racked with guilt. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not working with either of you anymore. (laughs) You think the answer is I'm an asshole? Absolutely. Why? Because I I, I think that it's rude to ignore people. But you had to put a lock on the door. You know what? They didn't respect your boundaries, and now they're dead. So Snaps. respect people's You're boundaries right. or you die. Exactly. But the thing that sucks is they come back as a ghost and they haunt you. <laughs> and locks don't work on ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> are they, if they're a ghost, are they a sixth sense type ghost where they're still choking? Like what they died of is still Ah, uh, yeah. On like them? they're always constantly coughing. So they're even more annoying. Yeah. Wow. Sucks for you. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful podcast. Miles, where can our listeners find you? They can find me on YouTube.com slash Miles Chronicles, Instagram and Twitter, uh, the Miles McKenna. Amazing. 
amazing. Everybody, stay tuned for after the break when we get into topics with an X. And this week, we'll be talking about sexual shame. Mmm, caliente. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> To just between us, it's time for topics with an X. XXX, baby! That's actually perfect for the topic we will be discussing. Oh, finally. Because I say it every time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you just just been waiting for XXX to be relevant. Uh, I'm always waiting for XXS to be relevant. <laughs> um, the general topic today is sort of sexual shame. You know, like, especially, I think, uh, the shame that comes with being a sexual person, especially if you're a woman. So... I it's interesting that you called it sexual shame because I was thinking that it was slut shaming. But when I heard that it was the topic was sexual shame, it also made me think of the opposite, which is the way that we judge women for being prudish or we judge women for not wanting to do certain things. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I meant it more as like um, internalized shame that you can feel for being a sexual person. But yes, I think it's both, though. You can also I know like women feel internalized shame for not being uh, like sexual enough or for, you know, not being like into certain things or whatever. Like the pressure, you know, I think just a specific like I think there's I'm so sorry to Allison's parents. I think there's like a pressure of like, well, you're not going to like eat ass and do anal. But that's like the big trendy thing right now. I was so concerned about why you apologize to my parents. Because I was about to say (laughs) eat ass. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to like reveal something horrible about me. Your parents have heard enough of me talking about ass play. Okay. (laughs) Um, I, but then, yeah, so, like, I think that goes, it goes both ways. Well, I just, like, I think it's been an interesting time in, like, maybe the last five years, you know, where, like, we're reclaiming the word slut, like, Mm -hmm. we are strongly and vocally saying that, like, women enjoy sex just as much as men, that they should not be shamed for it, that there's this double standard, right, where, like, a guy won't date a girl that he has sex with on the first night, but meanwhile, he, too, had sex on the first night. Yeah. And I think that, like, as far as we've come... I think that still exists, and I think there is still a lot of that happening. Well, it's going to be tough to untangle because we put a lot of the pressure on women to do the untangling when actually the issue lies with uh, men and societal patriarchy. Are you telling me (laughs) that we're putting the blame on women when it's actually men and societal patriarchy? I know. Can you believe it? Insert topic here. Yeah. <laughs> and it works. And it applies. Can <laughs> you believe it? At what point do you think I will have alienated everyone from this show? I feel alienated. No. no I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely dealt with this. I went, you know, and it's been interesting being your friend and seeing you talk so openly about your sexuality and your sexual experiences. And it has been something that I have not felt comfortable talking about. No. And I still don't feel comfortable talking about it. But you always say it's because your parents listen. Yeah, <laughs> it's because my parents. I think that that's now the final boundary or, Got the, it. Fi- or the final holdup. Yeah. You know, but it started with a lot of like, that's not like appropriate. Like, you don't want people to hear that. That's too private. That's not how I want people to view me. Will that change people's opinion about me? Why? Because you wanted to be you wanted to be taken seriously as like a as like a. I don't know, like a serious girl or something? 
yeah, I guess I wanted to be like marriage material. And ah. I was like worried that, ah. that that's at odds with like being open about like your sexuality. Yeah, because like what if your husband listens to this show and is like, oh, Pete, my friends will think my girlfriend's a slut. Exactly. That's crazy. But I I don't think no, that no. I'm alone in no, that. No, no, no. I mean, I, I I'm not I don't mean crazy like your thing is wrong. You're completely right that that's a thing that happens. I just think that that's wild that that's still a thing. Yes. But I think that's a valid fear of yours for sure. Thank you. You uh, got to date a guy who's going to be like th- like jerking off to this podcast. If your future husband is currently masturbating oh to this God. show, I don't think you can marry him. I want to die. <laughs> And I will fight him on that topic. Oh, my God. That's so gross. Okay. (laughs) Why? I assume many people are masturbating to this show. To a podcast? Yeah, why not? I understand our YouTube (laughs) channel, but to a podcast seems a little nuts. Some people are auditory learners. Okay. (laughs) Auditory jerkers. Yeah. I would like to propose that our fans, JBU fans, just be called auditory jerkers. (laughs) Okay, let's see how many people will tweet that at us <laughs> and if we've started a movement. Great. But what do you, like what what were you saying was the other type? It's like um uh, like if a person is in college and all their friends are like, "Oh, I was like raw dogging it last night or whatever the fuck people say." And then like <laughs> And then like you you're like, you know, either asexual or a virgin or you're like, you know, you don't or you're just like a little bit more like monogamous or or a little bit more like, you know, only into people that you're dating or whatever, then like people like give you a hard time. I've never like, felt that. Really? I've never. F- oh, I had a friend in college who was a virgin and everyone was, everyone was like, like, oh, when are you going to, you got to do it. When are you going to do it? Even how they treat Colton on The Bachelor. Well, I was going to say, I think what happened with Colton's season of The Bachelor was atrocious because the entire narrative was around his virginity. Right. As and though that's, that's all that mattered and that there was something so wrong weird with and him wrong and he has him. to get rid of it and, and blah, like, blah, blah. all these conversations of mm-hmm. like, you know, are you okay with him being a virgin? Which and, like, fuck off. It's crazy like, to me that like that's allowed on like, uh, on primetime TV. <laughs> I just, I just think like I don't understand why it's such a big deal. It's like so rude to be like as if it's like some sort of scarlet letter that he wears. But I also think that our relationship in America with sex is so fucked up in that like, like that can be on network that talking about his virginity and how like mm-hmm. he needs to lose his virginity. But like, God forbid, we see a female nipple. Yeah, I know. And I just think that that is a huge part of why there's so much sexual shame. Yeah. Because, like, I just grew up not seeing women's bodies. Yeah. Like, I didn't, you know, like, all I would see is just, like, girls in bikinis on, like, in, like, music videos or whatever, like, on magazine covers. I personally never really explored porn, so I didn't see women's bodies there. Sure. And, like, I, you know, for, like, years was like, well, I have a, my vagina's wrong. Yeah, because like I didn't know what vaginas look like or like what any, you know, like what isn't not there is no normal vagina that there's such a a huge range to it. And I used to feel so much shame that like, oh, God, if I ever show this to anyone, they're going to be like, yikes. You and I have talked about this because you were saying because we go to the nude spa together a lot. Yes, the Korean spa. The Korean spa. And you always say that you like going because you see all these different women's bodies and you don't ever get to see that. And it like is so normalizing to you and you love it. Absolutely. And I was saying to you that I feel like I got that same experience from from dating women and being queer. Oh, absolutely. Because I just got 
you know, starting at when I was first having sex with women. So when I was like 18, I, I saw other vaginas. I saw, you know, I got to see other women's bodies. And so like, I, you know, I knew that boobs were almost all of them are uh, uneven other than mine, which have been surgically altered. But <laughs> so like, I just mean like, you know, you, you, I had this thing where I already knew that all bodies looked different. But I think if you're a straight girl, you might not, or you're a woman who's never been with a woman, you might not realize that. Oh, totally. And like, even like, let's say I see my friend changing, it's not appropriate for me to stare at my friend while she's changing. You know, I mean, so like, if okay. I'm like, you know, so I never got to like, what friend? Any friend. And like, what, and like, is there music And you're playing, like, describe it. Like, you're such a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I really, I mean, I had like, I had no you know, point of reference other than, like, my own body. Right. And I think that that can be, like, so scary and so isolating. Oh, it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be the case because then it's just, like, young girls think that there's only one way to look. Yeah. And I also have had a journey with, like, being in different places in terms of how much of my body I want to expose. Mm-hmm. Like, I've I've had periods where like I wear tighter clothes and I wear shorter dresses and I'm like down to show stuff off and now like now like that doesn't like appeal to me I don't like feel really like doing that or like I don't oh the Ali Raz phase yeah the Ali Raz phase (laughs) Ali Raz is Allison's uh, party alter ego and like realizing that like I prefer to wear a one piece bathing suit yeah and like I honestly like a couple years ago I felt like lame wearing a one-piece bathing suit really? like I felt like I couldn't because it was kind of before it came back into fashion and I was like oh, well I can't really do this everyone's gonna think I'm like ashamed of my body or that I'm like some prude or you know something's you know, weird but I just I just they're more comfortable I'm a very I get slut shamed a lot uh on the internet uh and I have just stopped caring I did a I I did a uh a video for BuzzFeed called uh am I a slut where I interviewed a bunch of people about if I was a slut. And it was strangers, uh, and and they were like, no, of course not. And I was like, well, what What if I was? <laughs> like, who? you don't know me. Like, right. what? And they're like, well, you just don't look. Like, you just don't seem like. And I'm like, well, what is it? What do they look like or seem like? And then I did a really fun interview with my mom where I asked her if she thought I was a slut. And she was like, I just think you're a very liberated person who has really taught me and everyone a lot about, like, women's empowerment, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, thank you so much. It's so nice. And she was like, you're welcome, you slut. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What a good Karen dig. I know. It's a journey. And it's it's also, like, I'm so curious to see, like, how this next generation will grow up and if these girls will carry the same, like, shame that we did. There's definitely still some. I see it. Like, there's definitely still some. And I think, uh, you know, I I hear from other, like, young bisexuals that there is still a lot of, like, oh, you're going to be a hypersexual person. Like, you're bisexual. You're going to be, you know, this, this like, sluttiness uh, tied into bisexuality. Which, like, I always have to be like, look, am I slutty? Yes. Am I also bisexual? Of course. Are those uh, informed by each other? No, they just so happen to coexist and right. make my life amazing. But other <laughs> than that, but like they're not uh, tied together. But I think there still is an idea of like what a sexual person is and looks like, and and what their characteristics are. Yeah, like that movie, like What's Your Number, where like the premise was that like if a, a woman sleeps with a certain amount of people, 
then she can't find a husband. Like, she has to have, like, found her husband by, like, number 20 or something, you know? And, like... Please. Yeah, that wasn't a great movie. I... I... <laughs> but then they never... They never really say that about dudes. No. I think that they get the opposite. If dudes haven't slept with enough women, it's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. You're not a man. You're not a... Like, you can't... You know, you can't get women. You can't get laid. Like, do you... Are you, are you gay? Like... Yeah. What we, as a society, want is just for men to have a lot of sex. But I always go, with who? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? With, I, with, with who? With women who will then die alone. Yeah. Seems to be... The ideal situation for society. Yeah, like what's that about? Nothing good. Because it's always like, oh, the men need to have a lot of sex. And then it's like, yeah, but then who are their partners? Oh, well, that, you know, the girl shouldn't give it up. And then it's like, well, but then who is he? Right. A peach? Like in Call Me By Your Name? (laughs) Who is he having sex with? I actually can't believe it's taken this many episodes for you to bring up Call Me By Your Name. (laughs) I think about it every day. I know you do. Okay, let's bring John in to rate the episode. Our favorite part. So what do we think? What's the rating? Lay it on me. I'm going to give it four out of five thumbs up. Whoa, okay. So not your favorite episode. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There was so much drama in the others, you know. a lot going on. There was a lot going on. No, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, four out of five is like, you did great, but it wasn't like my favorite thing ever. Does that Uh, sound bad? Yeah, it does. <laughs> From yeah, our own like, producer, it doesn't sound great. People are going to be listening can to I, this. I can't give a half a thumbs up. Can I give yeah, half a thumbs up? Yeah, you can. Thumb? Yeah, sure. 4.5. 4.5. Okay. So let's, let's bring it up to We bullied him into a 4.5. If we can do 4. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I just want to be that person who's giving fives all the time. Got it. I'm going to go 4.5. Got it. That's how I really felt. What I, was your favorite part? Favorite part. Ooh. Uh, I kind of want – how do I do this? I kind of want to work backwards um, from okay. what we just talked about with sexual shame. Okay. Um, so I totally agree about uh, men being more celebrated in it. And mm-hmm. there is that whole pressure that like if a guy doesn't have enough sex, then there's something w- with them or whatever. But it does suck to hear it from the women's point of view. Like y'all can't win. Like, no, we can't. Society's no. society's eyes. Like I've, I've heard it before, but just to hear it again. And, what uh, other favorite parts? Other favorite parts. Uh, Miles being in here in general. Just yes. His story of coming out basically twice and coming out in the public eye. Like how fascinating and gripping and something I will never know. And that I'm glad that he's able to share it with us. And he has such a great perspective on it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Very I, like mature. Very like um, – what's the word? Like when you've gone through – insightful. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Incredibly mature. I mean for being 23 and going through all that mm-hmm. and she, using YouTube as his outlet to really, you know, deal with everything. Yeah. Like that's – that's a tricky balance, you know. Absolutely. That's a thing I think a lot of young people have where yeah. they use YouTube as a way to be like, hey, guys, you know, like just almost like the movie Eighth Grade. Yeah. 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 I think he really kind of helped me bridge the gap between um, me feeling old about not understanding why like people can just get in front of a mic and talk on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then um, the perspective of like, oh, this is why I need to do it. You yeah. Know? Yes. Yeah. To uh, survive. That is always like. Right. Yeah. I you can finally understand the appeal a little bit more. I do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, still feel old, but I feel. Yeah, we're, we're all ancient. <laughs> Miles makes me feel young. That's why I keep him around. Oh, that's <laughs> Gabby, what what would you rate the episode? Uh, I actually would rate it five out of five. Wow. I I liked that we talked about polyamory. I liked uh, having Miles in. I always love queer people in. I always love queer topics. Um, and then uh, I thought that Miles' enjoyment of the hypotheticals was the exact right level of enjoyment you should have for hypotheticals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
you should be that delighted. Yeah. Yeah, Miles was all in. He was yeah. all in, and I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, what are you doing here? I would rate the episode five out of five on WikiFeed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Miles McKenna, for being a guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He composed our theme music. Our producer is Kristen Torres. Our senior producer is John Asante. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Rattle at Mast. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. Stitcher.